What is up, everybody? Hope you guys are having an incredible Monday. Sounds a real, uh, maybe, maybe you're having an adequate Monday. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Uh, this is a live IG chat I'm doing with my homie from long time ago. Long time ago. I go way back with this guy. Uh, I want to feel like we met probably 97, 1997. Uh, as he says in one of his raps back when 240 LB. Um, we both got record deals around the same time. With uh, Goatee Records, he got signed. I was actually talking to Goatee Records at the time, um, and then uh, wound up signing with a different label. But we were uh, both kind of helped tremendously by a guy by the name of Todd Collins, uh, producer. And let's see, also, we were just really contemporaries for a while. And, um, you know, two different ways of approaching the same thing. Uh, I got to give shouts to John because John was an original. Um, even back in the day, I think about when I started, I was very much trying to be Mr. Backpack Rap. I'll spin this camera around. You can look at this. That's my first album that I got signed to. You can see I'm very much like Mr. Keep It Real. Um, and I remember John would dress in like tight jeans, running shoes, uh, like you know, he, he dressed hipster before that was like a look. Before it was common for rappers to dress however, John was kind of doing that. And um, we were always good homies. We never did a ton of shows together, but we did wind up connecting a lot of times over the years. We did a song together called The Choice Is Yours. It's on my second album, the Collaborations album. And I just got to say, first of all, for those who maybe have not seen me lately, I am growing a quarantine beard. That's why all this dirt looks all on my face and chin. So if I look a little scruffage, you know, that is what it is. So that's my man John. John was um, uh, John was in, um, we're, I think John really was actively in the industry for almost, certainly 10 years, maybe up to 15 years, and then he kind of disappeared. So I'll let him probably tell that part of his story. But, um, you know, he came back, dropped a few albums lately. Uh, but rather than focus on like where he's at, where I'm at, blah, 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 I thought would be dope is one, we talk to you guys here in the chat. Um, but two, that we share some road stories because back then you had to be a road warrior to survive, um, in the industry. You know what I'm saying? So I know all you guys keep sending me requests to get in this video. The answer is no, it's Nash. It's negative. It's not going to happen. I'm waiting for John to get in here in about a couple more minutes, and he's going to be on here. So I will, however, love to take some questions from you guys. So first of all, big shout-out to everybody that's jumped in already. I know we've not officially started until 7. This will also go up on my podcast, kj52podcast.com. Uh, and also, you guys, I am doing a Patreon-only album right now called Faith Over Fear. Uh, you can join that at kj52, patreon.com forward slash kj52. Ebone Hip Hop says, what's up with the gray hair? Where you been, bro? This has been here. I've been rocking the gray. I've been rocking full Silver Fox for a couple months now. Y'all need to pay attention. Jesse Nelson says, you need to shave. Uh, no, sir. You need to shave that comment off my chat. Okay? Um, Musically, Alan says, beard's coming out good. Isn't that interesting? One of y'all is like, you need to shave. And the other half of y'all like, beard's looking good. Uh, Brett Porter says, I need to start No Shave Indie Records. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Derek Gregory. He's in there. 
Uh, Sparson21 says, remember Nubby from Nebraska. Yes, he is a close friend. We met at Godstock. Always love your concerts. Listen, even to this day, when people ask me, what's the weirdest thing you ever signed? I tell them, it's a guy by the name of Nubby's Nub. So I'll just jump right in. I was at a show. It's called Godstack. It's in, in uh, comps. It's up in somewhere in Nebraska, Nebraska, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, guy walks up into my signing line. He says, hey, would you be willing to sign anything? I said, yeah, pretty much. He pulls his arm out from behind his back, and the guy has a nub for a hand. He doesn't have a full hand. He's just got a couple little bumps on the end, end of an arm. And he's like, would you sign my nub? They call me Nubby. <laughs> I still talk about that to this day. The weirdest thing I've ever signed. Doesn't get weirder than that. I thought it was pretty cool because he kind of owned it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you see Nubby, you tell the Nub man that KJ still talks about the Nubster. All right? Ebone Hip Hop says, clean. This is not clean. If anything, this is really quite disgusting. Uh, it's it's a lot of salt and a lot of pepper, and um, you know the silver fox he's out the den. Silver fox is running around. That's me, MC Silver Fox, aka Joel Flowstein. I'm actually here in my office right now because we have great Wi-Fi. As you can see, it's quite boring. Um, I've been in this office three 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 months, and I have yet to decorate whatsoever. There's th four random pictures there. There is some whiteboard action. Um, there is a picture of, that's the microphone that fell down. There, I do have a picture of Jesus riding a dinosaur that someone drew for me. Shout out to Rihanna. Uh, and just a bunch of other random stuff in here. It's quite pathetic. I'm embarrassed. And yet I will show you, that's all I put up. It's not even put up. I just basically did that. Oh, my man John is here. Alright, here we go. Let's get John in the chat. We're going to talk some, we can do some, we can do some war. Stories. I asked John to give you guys the three craziest shows he's ever played. I'm going to give you my three craziest shows I've ever played. This is going to be highly entertaining. What's up, man? I see the top of your head. <laughs> I don't ever do this, man. Oh, there you are. How you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. How are you? We are reunited. You know what I mean? Two old white guys. Glory. Just, you know what I mean? Just sharing stories from the road for the good old days. That's right. So I already I already told them all about you. They know all about your your legacy, your history, your legendary status. Um, you know, so you are more welcome to brag on yourself or we can dive right in. You know what I'm saying? Uh well I would like you to repeat all the good things you said about me so I can just make sure you covered everything. You mind doing okay, that real quick? Uh, I <laughs> I, I just said we go back to 97, go back to 240LB. I talked about how, you know, we both had similar starts in the industry. I said, you know, you were highly active for 10, 15 years. Then you disappeared. Uh, and then you came back. And, um, yeah, man, just I just said we had a lot of shows. We were crisscross, but we never did a lot of shows together. Generally, I felt that was because we wore the crowd out uh, and that was dangerous. But I told them also that, you know, I, I definitely took a lot of cues from your career early on because you, um, you know, you did a lot of things right where I did a lot of things wrong, and uh, and I also talked about how you were ahead of the game in your clothes because you know, 2000 ain't nobody rocking tight jeans as a rapper <laughs> with some hipster shirts. You were ahead of the game. Now everybody dressed like you. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, so I lost about 100 pounds. You know that. 
Of course. As I remember taking all of my clothes that no longer fit me because I had like, you know, some, some bigger jeans and all that. That were already big on me when I was a little bigger. And I just threw them on the floor and gave them away. And then immediately I said, how much money do I have? And I went straight to the thrift store and uh, <laughs> just bought up, bought up a bunch of um, fitting jeans, I guess you could say. But I'm saying, but John, nobody was doing that back then. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe uh, all the all the punk bands and, and ska bands I was hanging out with were doing it. So. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. You you did it, and you didn't care what anybody had to say. And I was giving you props for that because <laughs> you you really stuck to your own, you know, your own. Thing. What's the first uh, fitting pair of jeans you own, KJ? <laughs> It was. It was because I remember uh, you had you had some you had some big clothes. It, it, I did. I found, and you know what? Just a couple months ago, someone found one of those pictures and used it in a promo shot for the show, and and my knees of the shorts went over the like the shorts looked like culottes. They were so big, um, and I was really embarrassed. So I think maybe I started getting a little more slim down five eight years ago. Maybe you know, I went kicking and screaming. Yeah, you know what I mean? You really toned up, dude. <laughs> well, it wasn't that. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I look ridiculous. Like, I still think I look ridiculous when I see those pictures. So, but by the way, I got to say, I, I, the beard looks good, dude. The beard looks good. Speaking, <laughs> no, no, of, okay, speaking of ridiculous, the beard looks good. Yeah, exactly. I look, I, I, I look like, um, uh, I, I don't, my, my son actually looked at me two days ago, my four year old. He goes, Dad, you look like a man. Yeah. I I don't know what I what I look like before then. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking about this. Yeah, I'm, no I'm trying to come up with a joke here. There's no <laughs> joke. It's that's that's the sad <laughs> truth. Oh, but anyway, but uh, yeah. I I had shows that I was thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, the show where I cut somebody's hair mohawk off. I was thinking about that one. I was thinking about the show where I almost got shot on stage. <laughs> And I was thinking about the one where I'm I had to play a super about that show. I don't know if I've ever heard this one. Yeah, well, it's in my book, but I would love to tell it here. But I, you know what? You're my guest. Okay. And I want my guest to, to go first, okay? So we, we did a let, – let's, let's backtrack. About back in your heyday, at the early – you know, when we both kind of came in, how many shows do you think you were doing a year? Ten years, oh, man. I, you know, probably anywhere between 120 to 200. I mean, we were busy. exactly we were busy. People don't realize what it took to like tour back then. And then you know, and then you had a lot of days off. So I feel like I was on the road more than I was at home for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, looking back on it now, it's like you know, it's funny because people say, "Yeah, you miss touring." I go, I, I probably miss being 23 and touring. Because <laughs> I can't right. imagine doing what we did now. Mm. No, sir. But sometimes, now, and I say that, but sometimes I still get the itch to, like, just, you know. Right. Just get she's in my, a, get in my cool car mistress. and go. The road, the road, she's a cruel mistress, isn't she? It's, man, I, I, I'm very grateful for it all, though. It's fun. Uh, you. All right, so go. You. Your first show, your first craziest show that comes to mind that you can remember. Give me the well, elevator this, this version. Thing. So. I was going down a whole, you know, I started going through all the different events and, and some of, some of, some of the, 
some of the memories to start blending together quite a bit. And that's, uh, yeah. so you start to chunk them up into sections. You said three stories and. Well, even one good one. I'm okay with that. Well, so a lot of them, like I would, I would, I would, you know, like playing Christian rap and especially in the two thousands, everything was kind of peculiar and bizarre places, but then there were the ones that were really kind of odd events and there was nothing wrong with them, but they were just really bizarre places like, like why here? rodeo i played a rodeo played a rodeo <laughs> and and uh after the rodeo i was the the uh the um the entertainment and so it was like legit cowboys and cowgirls <laughs> and like full soup of guys that and it, and it worked it actually went really well so i played a rodeo <laughs> uh and just feeling your places i also played and have you ever played uh, a water park where people were out yes, there. Yes, those kind of are floating, terrible. People, people floating by. Floating. Yeah, you're like in the, the wave pool, whatever that is, and you're rocking, trying to get people into it. And it's just like, it doesn't work, but you're like, you're grateful for the event. Um, but you hope somehow, they come back around. What's that? But you hope they come back around eventually. Oh, yeah. Uh, somehow I ended up playing a bunch of minor league hockey games. <laughs> 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 and uh, I remember. Um, I'm kind of put bunching these all into one memory and then I have a few other particular stories I could probably tell, but I remember playing these hockey events and I must've played three of them, maybe four. I, I don't, I can't fully recall, but the first one I played was, uh, they put me in ice shoes. So I got walked out. So you're playing to like the speakers up above and like, we're all walking out, you know, carrying the DJ equipment. And like someone maybe I had a guitar and a, you know I don't think I had a drummer at the time, but and uh, you know I, we're we're clunking along and and I shoes, Todd Todd T Cleasy no man, you're the tool. <laughs> he started most of this. You know it's funny you say that about the hockey show because one I just played a hockey show a month ago and exactly <laughs> what you described is exactly what happened except. Right before I did the show, I had watched Parks and Rec, where there's an episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where an episode where they have Leslie goes out there to give a, a, a speech on the hockey rink, and Aziz Ansari doesn't put enough red carpet. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't sound machine. You never seen this one? Well, it, it's supposed to like, she comes out in a big huff, and, and, and uh, Miami Sound, get on your feet. <laughs> it ends and they can't make it and the song just keeps playing yeah and that's I mean, what happened dude, dude, my hockey show but please continue I, well I no the most bizarre bit so I, yeah we went out in ice shoes and you're you know you're, you got to stand out there for 40 minutes and you're playing to like this really bad pa that's like the same thing they use to play all the music and announcements at the top um and you can't really move and you're trying to stay on the rug <laughs> to lay down so I remember doing that. Then I played another hockey event where they pulled us out on the Zambui. And it was like, we're slowly just kind of like, you know, cruising along. And there's like 30 people in the crowd, like slightly clapping. And then they, yeah, they start spinning music as we're coming out. And I'm just it's like the most awkward thing because you can't do anything. You're just standing there waiting to get out there. They're pulling the stage out. And, uh, and I just remember that show, there was like mascots just constantly skating around us and the crowd always got way more hype when the chick-fil-a
the Chick-fil-A cow would throw out like, uh, you know, free whatever footballs and all. Eventually you just give in. You say, give me, give me some stuff to throw out. They don't really care about the music. So the peculiar yeah. events, the rodeos, the water parks, those all kind of blend together <laughs> for me, you know, like not one specific show, but just events where, you know, I can't complain about them because you're the one that agreed to play the hockey event, the amateur hockey event. Right. But but have you ever done those shows and at the end of the year, like, I think I need to go home and rethink everything about my life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, I don't think people understand that was good, how. That was, good, that was a good 10 years of my life. Yeah. You're like, well, surely it'll get better. And then, and then you're like, oh, no, there's another hockey show. Yeah. Or then you get one and then you're like, oh, this is great. Or, you know. I remember having one show where we did, uh, <laughs> we sold it out. A lot of people. Next day, it's like twenty. So that's just kind of the ebb and flow of it all. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna count that as one of my memories. Okay. The, the bizarre. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, this one birthday that I had to play. Now I I I want to preface this by saying you can count on my hands how many birthdays I've ever played. But I took this one show. It was actually a makeup show for a hurricane show that I missed. Wait, wait. So, so the guy said, "Oh." You played yeah, more I was supposed than just to play one birthday. Let's let's be clear. You played more than just one birthday. I have played more than one birthday, but not up to five birthdays. Okay, so I have low standards, but I have some standards, is what I'm saying. Right. Um, but anyway, I go. <laughs> so the guy says, "Hey, just so you know, this show is actually for my son's birthday, and we've invited all the youth group." Well, I didn't realize the youth group was like a thousand kids of junior high kids, right? right. So it's really guised as an outreach event. But a huge church in Houston. But he says, but just so you know, you know, your music has helped me and my son relate and connect. And so I wanted you to relate and connect with him because it's meant a lot. And I'm like, all right, cool, sure, whatever you want me to do. He goes, okay. He pulls up in a tiny smart car with my face wrapped around it. He had wrapped the entire car in my face, hands me the keys, and tells the kid to get in the car with me. Now, we're the only people in the car, okay? This is how he picks me up <laughs> from the airport. Now, at that time, you know, you try to expand your group. I had a band. I had a full band at the time. So I have to now follow the van with the band in this car on the Houston highway with my face on it, sitting with this kid who is not talking whatsoever. He's just, you know, like you could see that he was embarrassed. He was resentful. Like he was not down for this as his birthday present. Like I was like a clown that got picked up from the airport and was meant to be hung out. <laughs> but the kid's like, I don't like birthday clowns anymore. So he, he wrapped your face. Way. Wait, he wrapped your face around the car. Yeah, like like you know how you would take a car and you could put no, graphics. Wait, which face design. was this? Which album? This was the most brightest colors most ridiculous wearing outfit phase of my life when I was wearing sunglasses all the time and everything was bright fluorescence. Like he picked that one <laughs> to wrap the car in, right? So I get, I'm driving the whole way, you know, like my old youth pastor's trying to, self is trying to like keep the conversation, kids like, nah. So we get there, I'm like, all right, at least it's over. He says, oh, one more thing. Um, I need you to drive the car onto the stage to start the show. And I'm thinking, well, that's not even like ridiculous. You want me to drive the car through this crowd? You know, like I'm going to run these kids over. He goes, no, 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 we have a back entrance that's just for stuff like this. So he shows it to me. He goes, and by the way, I want, I want him to sit in the car with you. And at this point, I'm like, nah, man, I like, I, he can't come on stage. 
So now I've got my DJ, the band's still on the stage. I drive the smart car onto the stage. For, and you know how it is playing for junior high kids. They don't care. They don't care who you are. It, they don't, nothing of that means anything to them. So imagine this tiny clown car drives onto the stage. I jump out like, hey! And it's like, we don't care. Who cares? The car stays on the stage the whole show. There's about a thousand junior high kids. Um, and the church specifically tells me, you're not allowed to talk about Jesus at this show. So he's like, just rap. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, Golden Child, my oh, yeah. from way back. I, I like, they went all out with flying me in. So I'm like, I'm even going to bring a hype man. They're shooting a five camera shoot. Golden Child comes out with me on stage. You know how his vibe is very like, keep it real, yeah. whatever, da, da, da. So the final crowning moment of this show was I tell him, I say, go get somebody from the crowd to give me a topic to freestyle about. <laughs> You're not going to believe who he picks and tells to come on stage. A handicapped kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> he doesn't see that the kid's in the wheelchair because all he sees is the chairs. Points at the kid. And he's like, come on up. And so the kid's like, uh, he goes, and oh, he no, in the crowd, like, get oh, up here. No. Ow. Oh, no. This, this story just took a turn for the worse. That that's truly wrapped a smart car. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough that's tough to follow, man. Well, I'm I'm giving you the you know the cheesecake up front. You don't have to wait to the end. So go ahead. What's well? You got a second one? Oh, well, by the way, and I want to say the show overall was still amazing. In spite yeah, of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just it was so like what, and then what? And I have footage of this. I might post someday, but maybe not. So the next one, I so here's the one. This one, this one's kind of sad. Nathan Smart reminded me of this story, uh, and I think Nathan's on here. Shout out DJ Breakspray MC, 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 MC. DJ Spray MC. Uh, and really, we should pipe him in to help tell it. <laughs> I don't think we can go three. <laughs> uh, so, Nathan, I'm seeing. He'll just quote say by the bell. He'll just quote say by the type. Bell. So, if you remind me if I get this right. So, this is a sad and a funny story at the same time. The sad part is you remember Scott Bellows, the guy that used to rap with us. Yes. So he, he, uh, yeah. we were on tour and, uh, I think it was the only tour Nathan had done with, uh, had done with me, but I brought Nathan out on the road and we were on this tour called the, I think it was the on tour. Nathan, it was the on tour now tour, right? Okay. Anyways, so uh, I think it was the, <laughs> I think it was the on tour now tour. So Marzil was on the road with us. Maybe this wasn't the, maybe this was a different, a small run, but Marzil was on the road. So we, you know, we had a run going and uh, we got the tragic news that Scott Bellows had passed away in the night. And uh, of course, you know, he was a good friend. It was completely out of nowhere. It was completely tragic and shocking. Um, but the thing about it, if you know Nathan, and you know Nathan. Um, I know Nathan. <laughs> you know any sort of set that he would put on is going to be extremely bizarre and interesting and so he had put together a performance uh 
and I think it was called Bobby's Birthday. This was his opening, uh, get, like his opening act. It was Bobby's Birthday, and him and DJ Manuel would come out in a hamburger and fries costume. And so I can't remember, Nathan, were you the hamburger or were you the French fries? That hamburger and fries was around a while. So Nathan came out in a, uh, oh, wait, he says <laughs> I don't know him. Hold on a second. I'm going to pause this story. Nathan, what were you? Were you the milkshake? Was it a milkshake? <laughs> Talk to me, Nathan. I don't want to get the story wrong. You're the one who reminded me of it. Well, I, I feel like it would be the hamburger and fries. Burger. I remember Nathan was the burger. Okay. Nathan was the burger. All right. Manny was French fries or was he a milkshake? Either way, you got to imagine. So the night we get this tragic information, all right? Manny, okay, so Manny was a fries. Nathan says he was a shake. Okay, I, but his wife is saying he was the fries. This is getting confusing. Either way, burger, fries, milkshake, something like that. Uh, maybe that, did that inspire your song, KJ? Coke fries and maybe you don't even remember. Maybe that's where it really came from. So here we are. We're backstage. No. Torn apart. You got to oh, imagine. We're, we're devastated. The day up, we just got this information. We're going to have to leave the tour early, go back. We make the decision that we're going to play the show because we're there, and then we'll go home. So we're all standing in the back, and uh, we gather around the circle to pray. And uh, <laughs> Nathan's in his his, hair, he's in his uh, hamburger costume. Man, he's in his French fry costume. And we're trying to have this serious prayer of how we're going to rally to do this show in the midst of this horribly, like, just horrible situation. And uh, and I just think, I remember Nathan just, like, breaking down crying in a hamburger costume and then mustering, <laughs> up, the, mustering up the energy. And he told me to tell this story, so I'm not throwing it. It's a sad story, but it was also one of these just super bizarre moments. Uh, so they did it. They went out <clears throat> and they performed that night in their, in their costume. Uh, but it, I just remember that that moment, the thing that actually stands out more than the show. That's is amazing. The backstage I, prayer with Nathan and Manny in a milkshake, I mean, a hamburger and French fry costume, getting ready to go out and do it's Bobby's birthday um, in the midst of just like the most horrible news you could give. Horrible you know, But I, I feel like Scott would have had it that way. He would, I mean? he, yeah, I think and he would have absolutely Scott, appreciated that. And that's Scott would have, would have put on his little boots oh. and he would have, had that way and uh and then and then as nathan was i think nathan and you i i just you know i'm remembering this the best as i can uh nathan uh on stage getting getting pretty pretty like you know choked up dust <laughs> and if you know dj dust you know this is not in his nature but he took one for the team he put on a costume himself or a funny hat and him wow. and man child came around and started dancing on it's bobby's birthday which if you know anything about those two guys, I, that was totally taking one for the team, trying yeah. to cheer up the mood. So that was yes. So that 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 was that was, that was an interesting, interesting. Uh, okay. Thing. All right. So um, you wanted to know about the time I almost got shot. Um, I'll go ahead and jump into that one. Uh, this is pre-record deal, uh, Golden Child and KJ era, Sons of Intellect era. Uh, we, we used to do a lot of outreach, as most good Christian rappers should do, yeah. uh, should be on, on, a, on a nice little fold-out thing in the middle of the projects, rapping for little, little kids. You know what I mean? Like, that's like paying dues process back in the day. 
Uh, but we used to sit on MLK where I worked, and, and Sunday nights it was a full-blown party at the church. Not at the church, but across the street at the liquor store. So as, as I'm, I'm about to go up, the pastor, who was a lady, she says, you're going you're gonna to rhyme. I'm going to preach. That it's the Internet. There's probably 3 billion people trying to go Instagram Live right now, so it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start back up. <clears throat> Hopefully you guys can jump right back in, and John can jump right back in. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, continue on with the story while John gets uh, gets back in there. Um, so as I'm sitting there watching this car go by, uh, I watch this hand come out of the car and I see the gun go straight up in the air and this guy fires a gun <clears throat> three times in the air. Now, you would have thought I would have like froze or freaked out or ran away. Reality is what actually happened is in the middle of my freestyle, I just kept going. I actually incorporated the gunshots, not from an arrogant sense. I just, I don't know why, I just kept going. And so I was like, gunshots firing, ambulance siren. <laughs> and so the guy keeps driving by, right? Now people kind of reacted like, what? What just happened there? <clears throat> um, but the, pre the pastor, who was a lady who was really crazy and really awesome, she says, give me the microphone. So she grabs the mic, she starts preaching again. And she's like, this is what I'm talking about. This is the violence that's, that's destroying the community. We've got to come together. We've got to stop this. Well, literally did we know that the guy was circling back around the block. <clears throat> and so he came back the other direction. He came back the other direction. Gun came out again. Shots fired in the air. Pow, 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 pow. And the reality was it was over. Show's over. Time to give it up. Time to move on. Uh, and I remember I started time, and she was just like, what just happened? And uh, show was over. And oh, yeah. And I, I had a, a, a I had a 16 year old golden child out with me at the time. Sorry, man. You there? I just heard pow, 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 pow. We broke the Internet. We broke the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Such I told the story. You missed it. I I, uh, I basically got shot 17 times and uh, led out of Christ, and that was the whole story. But anyway, what's, what else you got? Uh, well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go down the path. I'm going to take uh, stories of uh, people who had uh, words from the Lord gone wrong. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, little prophets. <laughs> The promoters who felt like, uh, yes, I had a few of these sort of like, uh, if you build it, they will come, but we don't need to promote and, and uh, just unrealistic expectations of uh, yes. who I actually was or my ability to draw. Uh, so, you know, there was a show I did and the promoter called me and I had a string of shows going on where I was flying everywhere. And uh, and this guy wanted to book me, and it was totally not at all en route, en route to anything. I think the shows are on the West Coast. This guy wanted to do a show in Pennsylvania. Um, and he said he would, uh, you know, we now we want to make this happen. It's a big event. We got to figure this out. We got to make it happen. Um, I said, all right, look, I'll do it. Unfortunately, I'm at the charge more than I normally would because I've just got a lot to maneuver here to make it happen. And I don't, I just want to be upfront with that. So, 
um, you know, I hope that's cool. If you can't do it, I totally understand. Maybe we could do something some other time. I was actually trying to get him to not take the show. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm gonna do it. So I was like, all right, so we're going through it. Suddenly, you know, I'm talking to my booking agent at the time and stories start coming out and he goes, he goes, man, this show, I don't know. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about it. My booking agent says this, but I want, I want you to just be looped in so you know what's going on. Uh, he, uh, he said that, uh, you know, he has the same birthday as you. And so he, you know, in a, he started aligning things. It was his birthday. We shared a birthday together um, as well as it was uh, the Lord told him, you know, that he needed to bring me in to do this show. And I'm usually concerned when I hear these sort of things. Not that I don't believe the good Lord doesn't speak to people, but this, this is usually a recipe for disaster. And so yes. I kept giving him an off ramp. I'm like, man, you know, one thing kept leading to another. The, uh, the, uh, it was supposed to be some sort of event or convention that the bundling of, of things going on where different youth groups are gonna get together. That didn't end up happening. He goes, no, we're gonna do it. I'm supposed to do it. I kept trying to give him an off ramp. Uh, so eventually I was like, all right, we're going to do it. Um, so we start driving and we're like going through Pennsylvania and we keep passing. And, you know, you, again, it's Christian hip hop, Christian music, you play weird shows. So, you know, normally you're not playing Philadelphia, you're playing, you know, somewhere a little smaller than that. But then when it kept getting smaller and smaller to the point where you don't recognize anything, we were in the middle of nowhere, yes. windy road, we pull up to this fairground. And uh, there's a sign hanging on a fence that says, John Rubin concert this way. And it was something crazy for at the time for a ticket for me. It was like 25 bucks or something like that. I'm like, I'm like okay, hopefully there's other people on this little bill. We're in the middle of nowhere. We pull up to this huge fairground. Like, this, are you there? Can you hear me? I, all right, guys. I guess this is going to be round three. We're going to go three strikes and we're out. I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump into my story. Hopefully, John will jump back in here. And I'll put all this together in a podcast anyway. I appreciate you guys' patience. Uh, I'm assuming this is probably happening all over the world uh, with the internets because we're all using the same social media and stuff like that. But anyway, we're going to find out what happened to John when he uh, got carted off into the darkness for a word of the Lord. I have a similar story of a show I played in Indiana. This is actually in my new book called Victory Lap. This story that I have is called the corn or porn story, uh, which I figure it's probably easier to explain. <clears throat> I got John back. Uh, anyway, we get booked to do this show in the middle of uh, nowhere, Indiana, cornfield. I show up. There he is. Back. Man. Is this you or is Man, this you? I don't know. And you know what? I, I know there's been social media issues all over the country. Like people are getting bumped off constantly because we're all just bored and on social media. Um, I j actually, your story inspired me to tell my story about the infamous corner porn show, uh, which I thought I could go ahead and explain real quick. Because okay. similar to what you're talking about, I got booked to play a nowhere small, small town in Indiana um, where they were building a porn shop in the town. And the church that had booked us had been protesting this porn shop all day long. They had been taking rotations and also doing a KJ show. So when I showed up, we're on a flatbed trailer. There's nothing in the drum riser for the drum. And we're right next to a horse field. And the horse keeps sticking his head over onto the stage like I could pet the horse. I was offered the horse. Uh, I chose not to take the horse. 
you know, it is what it is. Those are the shows where you just got to push through. The crowd was great. These yeah. people like worked so hard for one show, but it was like 50 kids. You know what I mean? My band was great. Whatever. We do the show and we just serve the people. You know what I mean? We played with the kids. We played football, basketball. We rocked the show, whatever. The corner porn title comes from the fact that as we left, we went to the gas station to fill up. There was a guy across the street from the church on a bullhorn yelling at anyone that came into the gas station. Corner porn. Which one you going to put your butter on? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's bad. <clears throat> it's a weird show, KJ. And then literally two minutes later, what looked like a hurricane blew through. I can't make this up. A, a hurricane blew through, knocked the guy over, and we left the town. Hmm. Well, you know what? That's interesting because the, the ending of my story was similar, minus the, the, the corn and the porn part. There was corn, uh, haystacks. There were like 20 people there. So the promoter, so the promoter at the time, I was like, man, so we go to try to find the promoter. And the promoter looks up and he says, right. I don't know what happened. We put flyers there, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I'm here. You there? Did I, did I sign? I'm here. I'll talk. I can't see you. I can't see what you're saying, but I'll just talk. <laughs> so the, uh, the promoter uh, says, we put flyers up I can everywhere hear you. the last two weeks. I don't know what happened. Well, just power through, buddy. Well, you talk to me, I'll talk to you. Who's going to see these flyers? There's, there's nobody in the town, and that's really not a good uh, marketing strategy. Uh, but he then goes on to tell me a story about how when they heard the townsfolk, and he, he said townsfolk, which, by the way, everyone can check it out. It's actually a song off my Sex, Drugs, and Self-Control album called Townsfolk. He said, when the town folk got whim that I was bringing the devil's music to town, they started protesting. Told me that the town folk started protesting. And then he said <laughs> the sheriff came knocking on his door. <laughs> and the sheriff had told him, we can't have John Rubin here because last time he was here, we had to chase him out of town. And I was like, what? <laughs> never, happened. never happened. But I love the idea of a sheriff. Like, what? what is this? What year is this? Like 1885, like the sheriff being like, chasing me to the like the county line and being like, don't ever come back here. But he said, yeah, the sheriff chased us out of town because we were like, and, and because of all these reasons, this is why nobody was at the show. I was like, yeah, that's, that's not true. Do you, do you, do you have the money? Because I got to pay for these flights to get out of here. And it was, it was a scramble. So at that point, I go back, there's like 10 people sitting on haystacks and I knew the guys who were actually running sound and they were like, Hey man, I don't think we're going to get our money. So do you mind if we tear down? I'm like, I, I will play if you guys stay up. He goes, no, we think a storm's coming. So they start tearing down as we're getting ready to play. And it was just like this bizarre get out of there. But anyways, you could, that's one of many stories of uh, that sort of uh, somebody had a, an idea and which sometimes they work out beautifully, but no one did not work out beautifully. I was either going to share that one or the time I uh, kind of was the intermission for a uh, for a bunch of mimes on Halloween who were dragging people to hell. But uh, figured the other one was a little more interesting. 
<laughs> I can't hear you right now. I don't know where to go from here. And here we are.